for tuning in to the 136th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, being recorded live, last show potentially ever, at John Carroll University, University of Ohio, Murphy Hall, host Daryl D. Lane as always. It could be the last show ever in this storm room in Murphy. Why? Not because of school. Not because I found a new job. Not because I'm dropping out. Not because anything in my family's gone wrong. The freaking coronavirus? By the way, also going to have Chase Young Walter on the pod in about 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, post is a co host of the. Uh, PSO Sports Podcast, uh, Pointless Sports Opinions Podcast, uh, hosted with Caleb Reardon, and uh, a, a friend of mine who couldn't be on the show. So uh, Chase came and filled in, did a great job. Love having Chase on. Me and Chase are going to talk a lot of NBA from Dolan and the Knicks, Spike Lee, the Brooklyn Nets coach uh, getting fired, the MVP race, the whole deal. But here's where we need to start. The coronavirus. This is... It's crazy. And, and people were talking about this. People are buying toilet paper and water like this is the apocalypse. Like it's the end of the world. John Carroll University has canceled classes for about a month. Ohio State has canceled classes. The governor of Ohio himself said this is a state of emergency. A national state of emergency. Because three people in Cuyahoga County had coronavirus. Three people in one county in one state. Wow. Case Western Reserve has been canceled. Numerous schools. The only two schools I have not heard that have not been canceled in the great state of Ohio. Cleveland State and uh, Miami of Ohio University. Only two I've heard of. So I will be going home. I will be on the road tomorrow. But you know what's crazy? So many people are in pandemonium about the coronavirus. You know what people are doing tonight on John Carroll's campus? I saw the RAs playing the Wii. I saw a group of kids, including my good RA, Gabe. They're playing Dungeons and Dragons right now, listening to Pirates of the Caribbean music. Me and my friend Max, we were like, hell with it. We don't got class anymore. At least for the foreseeable future, we got online class. This is going to be easy as hell. We go to the gas station and we get some Coronas. <laughs> right? Some Coronas. And we're going to watch Coming to America shortly. And then I, I see all over Snapchat, party, party, house party. I'm going to give you guys the Eddie. Pandemonium. And this is what is happening. I don't know. Maybe it's college kids. Maybe it's the, the, the spring fever. I don't know what the hell it is. Apparently games are going to start being canceled. Fans can't be, be in the stands. Media members can't go into the locker room interview players. But, hey, kids, everything's fine. 
online classes, you know, <laughs> online classes, kids are taking online classes. You know what people say about, everybody says online classes are easy for a reason. You can cheat on tests. <laughs> you can look up answers on Google search. You can have people looking it up. You can take the test with a bunch of friends. That's why teachers don't like giving online tests. Or it's if they don't want to do the work and grade the papers themselves. The coronavirus is not a big deal, folks. It is not a big deal. And I have actually have friends that are upset. Friends from Honduras. Friends from parts of South America that are upset. Because they might not come back. You want to know why? They just paid a damn plane ticket. We just had spring break last week. They paid a damn plane ticket to get here. And then two days later, they're, they're, they're told, you have to go leave again. Oh, hell no. That's what I would say. <laughs> the coronavirus has caused undue, unneeded pandemonium. If you are my age, if you are a young man or woman, healthy, good immune system, you should be fine. I had one girl who was talking to me. Apparently, my friend Max told me she was trying to flirt with me. I made a joke saying, hey, I hope you don't have the coronavirus. She's like, oh, no, Daryl, I don't have the coronavirus. <coughs> and then she kind of coughed on me. And I'm like, uh, you're not supposed to do that. People don't think this is serious. Yet we have the adults of the world of the country acting like it's the end of the world. This is crazy. Or maybe I'm crazy. You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to go outside as much as I, I can. I'm going to have as much fun as I possibly can. I'm going to take online classes. And probably do better now. This is a win-win. I mean, you know, the whole college experience thing. I guess no more of that. It sucks. This happened before St. Paddy's Day because one of the best things about going to John Carroll is St. Paddy's Day weekend and that's been taken from me my senior year. But you know what? It's fine because apparently this is the end of the world. It's the apocalypse. Hide the women and children. Keep the elderly locked up. Hide the babies. Don't let them see what's going on. Soon people are going to start mutating into zombies. And I've already told people. Once you start turning into zombies, then I'll be concerned. And then nobody's safe. And then everybody get away from me because I will be bunkered up in my house. Staying away from uh, the mutations or whatever. The coronavirus. Lord have mercy. The coronavirus is what is going to stop the media. As much issues as the media has with players. This was finally the NBA, MLB's, NHL stance, soccer stance. After all the issues that, that happens between the media and players, the coronavirus, we don't want players getting sick. Who's more healthy than professional athletes? They're not at risk. You know who's at risk? You want to know who's honestly at risk? People like my grandmother and my aunt doll. And I called them to make sure they were fine. Those are the people that are at risk. I am not at risk. My brother John is not at risk. My friend Max is not at risk. You out there listening, more than likely, likelihood, not unless you have a pre-existing health issue, you are not at risk. And I'm no medical person. I'm just a guy that talks sports and loves sports. But this is crazy. It's crazy. Now, what I do want to talk about, because we have to bring some insight now, and we have to actually talk a little bit about sports. And like I said... In a little bit, we're going to have Chase Young Walter on the podcast. We're going to talk about this whole Kenny Atkinson situation 
And I'm glad, by the way, and maybe this is why Kitty Atkins of the Brooklyn Nets agreed to mutually part ways. Because maybe they were possibly, possibly afraid of the coronavirus coming to Brooklyn. Maybe that's why Kenny Atkinson and the Nets agreed to part ways. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Dolan's been kicking out fans and kicking out Spike Lee. I don't know. But here's the deal. When it comes to the Kenny Atkins situation, in all seriousness, it was agreed that it was a parting uh, mutual, a mutual divorce. And here's the funny thing. There is no such thing as a mutual divorce. Hey, honey. I, I think it'd be better for both of us if... Instead of sleeping with you, I slept downstairs or slept with another man. A.K.A. I don't like you like that anymore. That's what that's telling you. It's not mutual. Mom, I think I'm ready to leave home. It's because I've moved on to something better. I no longer need you. That's why you leave home then. There's a reason, not necessarily the most mutual thing. When you agree to part ways at a job, when you leave a job, it was better for both of us. No, it means your, your butt got fired. You see, when a mutual parting of the ways happens, there's always you're moving on to something bigger, something better, right? Or something's gone awry. There's never, everybody's super happy at the end when two people leave. Nobody's ever really, really super happy. It doesn't work that way. And it's not supposed to. We're humans. We feel and we have emotion. And in the case of Kenny Atkinson, and some people you can use the analogy like I just said the analogy. Mom, I think I'm ready to leave the house. I'm a man now. Fine. Go on, little John. Go on. But let's think about it this way. You're moving on to something bigger and better, like I said. And any job, and Kenny Atkinson has a job, the premium job at his position in the world, in basketball. The 30 best positions in basketball in the world, they're not in Europe, they're not in Africa, they're not in Asia, they're not in Australia, they're not in South America, they're not in Antarctica, they're in America. The NBA, to be specific, and he just willingly leaves one of those jobs? It's like, it's the best my mom's house is ever going to get for me. And I'm like, I need to leave. It's like, no, you probably shouldn't be leaving. Brooklyn Nets, big market. Star players like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming back. It doesn't get much better than that. Not unless you're in L.A. with LeBron James or maybe you have the Spurs structure, or you're with the Knicks, or something like that. It does not get a whole lot better than the Brooklyn Nets in terms of a job to be the head coach. It doesn't. Because when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know what your coaching is? Hey, get, get Kevin Durant the ball. He's seven foot one. he's athletic, and he can drive to the hoop, he can shoot mid-range jump shots, and he can shoot the three. Hey, Kyrie Irving. A guy that tore apart Steph Curry, a two-time two regular season MVP in the finals. Just give Kyrie the ball. Best ball handler ever. It's not that hard. It really is not. But you know why Kenny Atkinson is gone? And here's the truth of the matter. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanted Kenny Atkinson to stay, he would be here. 
The fact of the matter is they did not. It's quite simple. And for better or for worse, the NBA is the one sport where players have that type of power. LeBron, you don't like David Blatt? See ya! Wouldn't want to be ya! Magic Johnson wants to get his coach fired? Yeah. It happens all the time. So don't let them fool you. And DeAndre Jordan with the PR. And you want to know what's funny? You know who DeAndre, and Jordan, DeAndre Jordan said he had nothing to do and it's BS about the report that he had anything to do with the Kenny Atkinson firing? No, DeAndre Jordan was about dead. Because he was a bench player and he came to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, his best friends. He's not happy. What do you know? Kyrie and KD aren't happy. And then those are the guys the juice. And then the guys the juice get Kenny Atkinson fired. That's how it works. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. You know who runs Brooklyn. It goes KD, then it goes Kyrie, then it goes everybody else figured the hell out. That's how it goes. Now, cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Chase Young Walter on the show. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk and we have a special guest with us, Chase Youngwalter. He is a co-host for the Pointless Sports Opinions podcast. Uh, he's from Missouri. How you doing, Chase? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I can't wait. Barbershop. I need a haircut anyway. It's about time. <laughs> Just about time. Now, the first thing, we were actually talking about this a little bit before we even started the podcast, uh, about the coronavirus and potentially that st- could potentially prohibit fans from from coming to the games, I just saw something on ESPN where apparently if you're a non-essential member, if you're not a non-essential member of the team, you can't even come into locker rooms now. There's a lot of pandemonium about this thing. What are your opinions about the coronavirus, and do you think it's actually going to affect like sporting events now? I uh, Listen, I was a man, and I've said since this corona stuff started, I've survived the swine flu. I've been through that stuff, so I kind of thought it was going to be something like that, but apparently... This is starting to heat up a lot. Now, I work uh, in the city. I work in the Enterprise Center, and the Enterprise Center this year is actually going to host the March Madness Tournament, and there's talks that I might be uh, one of the few people that can actually watch the games. They're talking, that's in two weeks, and they're talking about maybe not letting fans into the stadium. So that's within two weeks they're talking about this stuff. Uh, And LeBron James has already came out that, you know, he wouldn't play for an empty you know, empty stadium, and I don't, I don't blame them. Apparently, this is really starting to heat up, and it's kind of make me nervous. I don't want to see games play with no fans. That's true. I <laughs> know. I mean, it's honestly going to help the TV and the streaming. But do you think, like, do you think that the Corona thing's kind of overblown? Like, do you think it really needs to get to the point where you can know? Because at the end of the day, this is going to cost teams money. Right, right. You know, oh, part of, of money. There's a lot of money. Part of the live sporting experience, and everybody knows it is. You go to the game. You can bring your girlfriend. You can bring your family. You, you pay for food. You pay for beer. Everybody has a good time tailgating if it's for football. You know, uh, college, right? NCA. You know, all the festivities. All that's going to be gone. 
So the, yes. this has to be kind of serious if you're going to take away that much economic income. It's you gotta look at it too. We're in a new world of social media where some things get overblown by far. You know, I mean, me and you can, you go on Twitter and you get this huge story about something coming out, something really small, and then it, it escalates into big stuff. That's what our social media stuff does, and I honestly think that's what happened with this, uh, this, this corona stuff. Now, I'm not a scientist or doctor, <laughs> you know, I don't know how this stuff works, but it really just seems like it's targeting older, it's targeting and killing older people, which that's the same thing the flu does. Flu is just as bad as, you know, the coronavirus, in my opinion. So I, I think that's just the culture we live in. So, yeah, I think it's been a little overblown. That's, I mean, that's just how I view it. Now, your prediction right now, do you think games will be played? I, yeah, I, I think they will. I, I hope, I hope they will, but I, I really think that once you get down to it, just wash your hands, people. That's all you got to do. Wash your hands or we're not going to have the NBA. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's really that, that hard. Now, what are the chances that we could see empty playoff games, empty March Madness games? What are the chances of that? See, that's the thing where I look at. Now, I am one of the most critical people about the NCAA, as I hope a lot of people are, because the whole, you know, not paying student athletes and all the rules that they have. They're a money-driven company, as is the NBA. And if, you know, playoff games usually sell out. It would be shocking if a playoff game didn't sell out at home. So I I definitely don't see it happening in a playoff game. Maybe it'll happen in a couple, like, early season baseball games, but there's no way that you can lose that much revenue having an empty stadium. I I know the, the crisis is as big as it is, but... The only way I can see something that big happening is if we get like a, a, a bench player or a equipment manager of a team getting the virus. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. I could see that. Yeah. You know, like something really close. Other than that, I feel like it's just going to be like one of those things we keep murmuring. Like, oh, it might happen. It might happen. And then it never does. Now, I kind of want to switch the topic to this up. Uh, so, everybody was talking about the MVP this year for basketball. It started out Giannis. Uh, I believe Giannis had the highest PR ever. Uh, at one point, the Bucks were the, the best team, had the best uh, best record. And then you see Giannis, and they lose to LeBron uh, and the Lakers. Doesn't have a great game. But you see LeBron go on after beating the Bucks, beats the Clippers, uh, Sunday case, showcase uh, basketball game. And I think most people would agree those are the top three teams of the NBA in any particular order. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. The Lakers win both on national uh, solo stage games. Does this put LeBron James in front of the MVP race? Now, currently I will not put him at the top of the MVP race, but I am going to say it's a lot closer than people might think. LeBron James, in his 17th year, it's the narrative standpoint. MVP is the narrative, especially in NBA. I mean, you, I'm sure you know, too, it's a narrative-based award. There's a reason LeBron James doesn't have six MVPs. It's because we kind of got tired of being like, oh, LeBron James MVP, LeBron James MVP. Now we're starting to get the narrative thing, where at the beginning of the season, we had James Harden murmurs for a while because James Harden was going off. James Harden was going nuts. He died down. Luka came up a little bit, but 
nothing really serious about him being an MVP. And then we go to Giannis and how dominant he's been, which he still is dominant. He had a couple off games. And then the injury that he faced against the Lakers game, it's all fitting into that narrative standpoint where if Giannis, this knee injury, if they, you know, leave him out of games, say he, he's technically only supposed to miss two games, but say Boonholzer's like, hey, you know, we got the, we got the top seed, we got it set, we got the Lakers by a couple games. Let's sit Giannis four games. Let's sit Giannis six games instead of sitting them just the regular two. It's LeBron's hitting his stride at the right time, and this is the end of the. And this is when all the voters are really starting to think about stuff. You know, I mean, I had to remind myself that James Harden was the MVP for maybe a month or two of this season. You know, because we just live in the moment. So right now, I think the next step for LeBron James to push himself above Giannis is if they beat the Clippers the next time. Now, the first two games that the Lakers and the Clippers played, it was kind of like that feeling out stuff. It was the beginning of the season. You know, they were great games, obviously, but this last game was the most playoff, atmosphere-like game that I think has played in the NBA this season. You got Kawhi and everybody's healthy on the Clippers going up against the Lakers, and Lakers are sitting Rondo and they're, they're pulling Rondo from the game. They're, they're not giving JaVale and Dwight minutes because they really wanted to win that game and they won it. Now, the Clippers got the regular season meeting and all that, but this was a game that LeBron really proved himself with. I wouldn't give him the MVP just yet, though. I wouldn't say that he's above Giannis right now. I think Giannis, he can't forget what Giannis has done throughout this entire season, but I think after this next Clippers game with the Lakers, that's whenever we can really decide if LeBron is above Giannis. But right now, now I'd still give it to Giannis. Best record in the league. He's averaging 30 and 14 a game. It's five assists. That's like Shaq if he could pass. It's unbelievable. So I'd still give it to Giannis right now. Now, here's the reason why I would give it to LeBron. And I would start with this, right? I think that Giannis... For 48 minutes, for 82 games of regular season, is at this point in his career a better player than LeBron. I don't think LeBron can summon that type of play every second, every game, like we see Giannis doing. Like how, like Giannis could be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year at this point. But here's what I think: I think in terms of value, I think you have to look at it. Milwaukee was a well-oiled machine coming to this year. They had the best record in the league last year. They returned everybody else besides Michael Brogdon, and they hit the ground running because you know. They had their team chemistry, they had their coach, they knew what they wanted to do, and they hit the ground running in a weaker conference. LeBron comes to a team, Lakers coming into a year, they make the trade for Anthony Davis, they have a whole new cast, coaching questions, coaching concerns with Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, uh, Lionel Hollins, and they have the best record in the West, which is a tougher conference. Shouldn't we place value on that when it, terms, and when it comes to being MVP and the, being the most valuable player to your team? Yeah, true. I mean, and that's what I was talking about with the narrative thing. LeBron has a lot more narrative than Giannis does. But at the same time, Giannis has been absolutely unbelievable this year. As has LeBron. LeBron's leading the league in assists at 35 years old whenever he's a small forward. He's an absolute freak, don't get me wrong. But in terms of certain dominance this year, Giannis still holds that above LeBron. And I, I, I think it's really close. I think it's a lot closer. I've seen a couple articles from CBS and NBC and all these things saying how it's still not close between Giannis and LeBron. It is close. 
LeBron has been absolutely amazing, and he deserves all the credit he deserves. And honestly, we get a co-MVP this year type thing, I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't be disappointed in it either. Do you, how impressive has this season been for LeBron? Because Oh, man. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Because no, no, nobody saw this coming. I didn't see this coming. I didn't think at 35 years old he'd be able to switch positions, play a more physically demanding position. I think everybody would agree. Point guard's probably the hardest position to play in the NBA, kind of like a quarterback is in the NFL. He's going up against guys like Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul, uh, John Morant, all these young guards that can move, that can pass, that can play defense, that can score every night. And he just said, you know what? I was the best small forward for 10 years. Let me be the best point guard this year. Just talk about how right. how surprised are you about this? Honestly, I mean, I don't know if you, uh, how often you listen to the PSL, but I am one of the biggest critics of LeBron James, maybe of all time. I mean, I, I, I critique him just about everything. But this year has been absolutely amazing for LeBron James. And really, me and Caleb were talking about it uh, on our podcast today. If LeBron James goes out there, wins MVP, and then goes to the finals and beats Giannis, he's the best player of all time. And I don't even like LeBron James as a player. I, he's not one of my favorite players. I, I, I prefer for Kawhi and Paul George to win, but I, even I have to admit, LeBron James would be the greatest player of all time if he did that. So much the adversity that he's, he's faced this season. It's, it's just been crazy. And think about it. Think about the team that they threw out there. LeBron James is not known to play well with power forwards and centers. I mean, Zagir Zagowskis, uh, Kevin Love, Chris Bosh. Those guys all saw their numbers go down whenever LeBron James is on the court. And then this year, him and AD are just killing it. I did not predict this at all. I did predict him to win MVP at the beginning of the season, but I never thought he'd be this good. And the thing, too, about LeBron is, and thing I think is so special about LeBron is, nobody used to talk about Anthony Davis. You know, as great of a talent as Anthony Davis was, he was in no man's, he was in no man's land in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the best is being brought out of Anthony Davis. We're seeing Anthony Davis on national TV games now because of LeBron. Like, I think people need to realize that. And, uh, I mean, think about, like, Anthony Davis is kind of, uh, not skill set-wise, but in terms of marketing, he's like Carl Anthony Towns, where he's playing on a bad team, uh, there's rumors that he's unhappy and then all this stuff, and then he goes to the Lakers, and he's absolutely unbelievable this year. He's a defensive juggernaut. He, honestly, he's done nothing in the playoffs at, at all, I, I don't think. I, I mean, nothing's coming to my head. But if you get in a seven-game series with the Clippers, I believe that this guy can go off against them. I really do, and it's because he's playing with LeBron James. Now, you mentioned that LeBron James can be considered the greatest player of all time if he wins the championship this year. He's bridged the gap in seemingly two games with Giannis Antetokounmpo, which nobody probably thought that about a month ago or so. Is LeBron James officially back to being the best player in the NBA again? Now, I'm still going to give that title to Giannis. That just out of where they stand right now in their careers, where, I mean, we, LeBron was going to fall back last year, and I was wrong. And then this year, I thought he was going to fall back. Yeah, I was wrong. So I'll, I'll probably be wrong again when I stick with Giannis, but i got to stick with Giannis just because he's so young, he's so talented, and he has a team that's willing to build, build around him. And there's a lot of murmurs 
that next year he might not want to be with uh, Milwaukee in the following offseason. So he might be able to look at a trade for Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't know. I'm just speaking crazy right now. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'd still go with as the greatest player in the league right now. But, man, it's a lot closer than we think. LeBron James, he's going to be 36 next year, and I'll still take him in a seven-game series over Giannis. Now, being the greatest player in the regular season and, and on the court, I don't think translates to the fact that Giannis has not done anything in the playoffs. So that that's where LeBron will have the edge. So Giannis will be a, the best player on the court, but sometimes the best player doesn't always win. Now, I, I want to shift the focus a little bit to the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. I think a lot of people, especially after Toronto won last year, were saying Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the NBA. He's better than Giannis. He's better than LeBron. He's better than Kevin Durant. Usually those are guys that are mentioned in terms of being the best player in the NBA the last couple of years. And then, you know, we kind of go through this year. Then there's kind of concerns, right? The load management. Kawhi's not always there. Uh, a lot of times now you don't even see Kawhi Leonard guard the best uh, opposing player. You see Paul George or you sometimes you see Patrick Beverly. You see Kawhi Leonard playing off ball more. And then you see the loss to LeBron James, the Lakers. And I think one of the big things Kawhi Leonard has is Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, they beat the Lakers, and that didn't happen. Do you think that we kind of overrated Kawhi a little bit? I, I don't think we did, because going into last season's playoffs, we kind of had the same mentality, where it's just a little bit between Kawhi. And as, uh, the problem with the Clippers is the Clippers win finals this year, it's a copycat league. You're going to see this happen a lot with, I mean, it's already happened a little bit with star players rest, having rest dates and stuff. But it's going to rip up if the fact that Kawhi is only playing 56 games and then he goes in the playoffs and dominates. I think we have to see another year, uh, this postseason, if Kawhi's off or Kawhi is shut down by LeBron and the Lakers or loses to LeBron and the Lakers even, then I might rate it as overrated. But, we're in the moment type of society and type of fans. I know I am. And right now, it looks like it's easy to overrate Kawhi. But this is all, in the terms of the 76ers, this is all part of the process. you got to trust the process of load management. And um, I hope it doesn't happen, mainly because I feel like I don't want this getting overblown in the league. I don't want, you know, six seats sitting they're, they're star players because they, they don't want them they want them to be ready for the postseason and whatnot. But I mean, think about what's happening with Giannis right now. Giannis got hurt, and we're towards the end of the season. What if he's off? And also last season, Giannis got hurt going into the, or not hurt. He was uh, he was tired. He was fatigued going into that playoff series against the Raptors because he played so much that season and dominated so much that season. And Kawhi just shut him down. So this little management thing is going to continue to just get, it's going to spiral. I really think it's going to spiral. But I wouldn't give Kawhi the overrated standpoint just yet because we still got the season left. And if he takes it off and he's, he's healthy and he's rested and he's ready to go in the playoffs and he just goes out there and dominates like he did last year for Toronto, I, I, would, go, I would still give it to Kawhi that he's a top three, if not top one player in the NBA. Do you think, though, if the Clippers lose, does that hurt load of management? Oh, yeah. I, I think it would just because you get – it goes down to like a, a sabermetrics type thing, an analytic type thing, where look at a team like the Rockets. If the Rockets would have won an NBA title back when – I mean, they're still shooting a lot of threes. 
but they were the team that kind of took what the Warriors were doing and ramped it up by a thousand. Like, hey, we're going to shoot a bunch of threes. We're going to lead the league in threes. And then they lost. And then you got to, you kind of saw the league like be like, okay, the Warriors shoot a lot of threes, but at the same time, they got a lot of inside game and they pass. And they also have three of the best players in the NBA. So maybe it all works out. But that's how I'm kind of seeing it's going to happen with load management where you're going to be like, okay, these stars are rested or, hey, these guys didn't get enough time together on the court. What have we, we've only seen 11 games. Is that right? That the Clippers have all been healthy and on the court out of uh, 56 games or 50, just about, games? just about. Yeah, it, it, we've always, and that's what the stat was, was mind boggling. Like, oh, they're 10 and 0. I don't know what was more mind boggling the fact that they were undefeated when all those guys are on the court, or that those all, all those guys are on the court for only 10 games. You know, so I think if they lose, you're still going to see load management, but you're going to see it get down back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Where it's going to even out. This league always finds a way to ramp it up like we saw a bunch of threes, and then it died down a little bit, and then you're seeing a bunch of seven-footers that are shooting threes, and you're like, okay, we need a couple guys that can work the paint. So I think it will definitely hurt load management, and it'll kind of slow down that process if the Clippers lose. And I, I do want to ask you this, because I've always, I don't know how you necessarily feel about this, but I've always thought load of management is, is kind of an overrated thing for me, because you saw back in Michael Jordan's day that everybody played 82 games. For the most part, everybody was fine, and I'm always, and, I, and I'm, of the, I'm of the mindset, right, yes, you can rest, and there's nothing wrong with rest, but... You know, there's disadvantages of rest. For example, like if you're not practicing, because a lot of players in the NBA, they don't practice super hard like they used to, uh, you can kind of get out of shape. Is it the best thing for you to oh, not practice? Yeah. Is, is it not the best thing for you to play games where you're going hard? Does that not help your lung capacity? Stuff like that. I think there's a lot of elements of it where I think that just resting and sitting on your butt the whole time doesn't necessarily mean, okay, this is the best way to do things, even from a health standpoint. True. And, and like, Charles Barkley doesn't say a lot of smart things all the time, but this, he said something on inside the NBA that I completely agreed with. He's like, when we're talking about load management, why can't these guys go out there and play 25 minutes instead of 40? You know, why can't that be load management? Why can't they still go out there and, and they're missing practices and stuff like that? He's like, why can't they go out there and just limit the practice like, and, and limit their, their playing time? Why does it have to be they completely sit out? Some games they can completely sit out. But I don't see how Kawhi can't go out there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, to make sure that his his wheels are still oiled, as they say, and he, he's still able to run around. Because, yeah, sometimes, like you said, you get set for a long period of time and too many days rested, you're going to get a lot of times where the chemistry's off and stuff like that. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now I want to talk about a big move that happened in the NBA uh, this past weekend. You have... Kenny Atkins, uh, the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, mutually agreeing to part ways. And I think there are a lot of ways to look at this, right? Uh, there's a saying that there's a mutual agreement. I don't, I, I don't agree that that's necessarily the case from my perspective because my perspective is if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted the man to be there, he would be there, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mutual agreement means fire. Yeah, no, 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 and it's a, it's a nice and respectful way. And you know what? Uh, the way I heard people like Malika Andrews was on uh, the jump with Rachel Nicholas today, and she described it as maybe 
Kenny Atkins had built the culture with D'Angelo Russell, all the young guys, and Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant come in, and and this is the way it goes in the NBA. Your best players say, hey, half the coach. I mean, the culture is what we say the culture is. And Kenny Atkins didn't agree with that, and he might have been like, maybe this isn't the best place for me, but you know what? That's still less than ideal, and for lack of better terms, he's firing himself. It's not a good look either way. So my question for you is, do you think that Stars in the NBA have too much power because I think Kenny Atkins is a good coach. And, and quite frankly, I think if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are able to come back fully healthy, they'll be in championship contention whether Kenny Atkins is the coach or not. So I don't see the issue. So do you think NBA stars have too much power? No, that's a, that's a really tough question. Uh, too much power, yes. They, they definitely have too much power. Um the fact that a guy like Stan Van Gundy doesn't have a job right now, and he's an amazing coach, and it's mainly because, you know, Dwight Howard ruined him in Orlando, and then he goes to Detroit, a bad team, tries to rebuild it, doesn't work. And then you go to Cleveland with LeBron James and David Blatt fired. David Blatt, I mean, he was an okay coach, really good in the Euro Leagues, but was he a top-tier coach? Maybe not, but still, Tyron Lue is not a good coach. I'm sorry, he, he's not a good coach in the NBA, but at the same time, you got to look at what happened. They want to title. So you're right. You're right. Does coaching matter? Yes, of course it matters. But I, I feel like you cannot build a dynasty. You can't consistently go out there and have a coach that doesn't really deserve that spot, is not up to the pedigree. There's a reason that guys like Phil Jackson have a bunch of titles and, and Popovich have a bunch of titles because they're really good coaches. Stars orchestrating how that goes. I don't really have a problem with it because at the end of the day, the whole goal is to win a title. So Kenny Atkinson is going to go to a team that appreciates him, and hes I think he's going to build another culture. There's uh, some rumors that the, the Knicks might be interested in, so I, I, I would definitely be for that because they need some stability in that organization. No offense. Sorry if I'm offending you. <laughs> but stars building their team that way, I feel like that's just modern-day NBA. That's just what we're going to see. You're going to see a lot of, like Jason Kidd, there's a reason he's got a job on the Lakers. You know, he was not a good coach at all. But if things want to hit the fan with Frank Vogel, because Frank Vogel's kind of one of those guys that he gets ticked off, you know, the players get on him, and the players nowadays don't like that, he'll be, he'll be tossed. And then you got this guy that's kind of like just a puppet. He's just there, you know, and it's easy to win games. you got LeBron and AD out there. But... I don't think they have too much power because at the same time, the whole point is to win a title. So, and, But here's my thing, and a lot of talk about this too, and people have made points about this, that maybe it wasn't Kevin Durant who made this decision because he hasn't been around the team as much. It was Kyrie, and Kyrie and oh, Kevin Durant. And, and Kyrie influences Kevin Durant, right? Also, DeAndre Jordan, who influences, because they're all buddy-buddy, and DeAndre Jordan influences Kyrie, who influences Kevin Durant. Like, it's a chain with all three of them, how it works. But here's the thing. Here's the part that concerns me. Uh, I don't want to live in a world of the NBA where a player, and Kyrie Irving's a great player, hit the shot over Steph Curry, outplayed him in those finals, the whole deal. Kyrie's a very good basketball player. But a a player of Kyrie's caliber should not be able to fire a coach like Kenny Atkinson. That is not okay. Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant says I want him gone, I'm fine. Kevin Durant is one of the five best players in the world when he's healthy. You can make an argument he's better than Le- freaking LeBron James when he's healthy. Uh, some people say Kevin Durant is one of the top ten greatest players to ever play the game of basketball, right? Kevin Durant has that type of juice. 
How 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 the hell Kyrie Irving has that type of juice? Lord only knows. That and, and that's what slightly bothers me. Because if Kyrie Irving can do that, there's a lot of other NBA players that can do that too, and I don't like that. I think it's because he's attached to Kevin Durant. That's the whole thing. The whole reason, that's what they're always going to say, is the whole reason that Kevin Durant's there is because Kyrie was there. And the whole reason that Kyrie's there is because DeAndre Jordan's there. So it's just that trickle-down effect where you need every single one of those pieces, and if one of those pieces doesn't like something, then something's got to go. You're going to see a lot of players traded. I mean, this, I'm a huge Celtics fan. As anybody that's watched more of the sports being in detailed, absolutely love the Celtics. We've seen what Kyrie Irving can do to a locker room and a team. The only thing was he didn't have KD backing him up, or else there was rumors that, that Brad Stevens wasn't doing very good in Boston. And there was a lot of stuff going on. He, he talked bad a lot of the, the young players, but fortunately, Boston wasn't as desperate as Brooklyn was, and Brooklyn is in that situation where they've committed to Kyrie and KD and DeAndre. So they got to do what they got to do. And if that's play to the players and, and get rid of a coach, that I think Kenny Atkinson was a very good coach. They're going to continue to tell you in the media that it was he, he didn't want to coach them and all this stuff. But no, I, I think I agree with you saying that it was a, a, a Kyrie thing. But that's the thing. Kyrie shouldn't have that much leeway, but because he's attached to a certain player, uh, he's going to, and I and I guess the and and if you're a Boston fan, we could get into a whole about how Kyrie screwed over the Celtics. <laughs> and, but I'll just say this with Kyrie, right? It's no coincidence. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they look actually happy, right? And they're both happy, playing. And they look happy on the court too. My goodness, they're unbelievable. The, 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 it's just the, the development has been through the roof, and it's because it. it it's, I 100 percent solely. Uh, believe that it's because Kyrie's not there. And you, you know what? God bless LeBron James because if LeBron James never went back to Cleveland, we would have a very different opinion on who Kyrie Irving was. True. <laughs> a very different opinion. And if history is rewritten and LeBron James stays in Miami, I, I don't think we look at Kyrie the same way, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a really good take, actually. Uh, I mean, he's... <laughs> Man, I hate to say, I mean, he's a Kemba Walker. He's a really good player. But I don't, I mean, I don't see that team. If it was just Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan on Brooklyn, do you think that team would make the playoffs this year? They're seventh seed. <laughs> That's, exactly. Uh, uh, and Kyrie's only played about 20 games. The only reason they were winning games was Dinwiddie was going nuts. LaVert was doing good. You know, and those guys are going to be gone. I mean, now they're throwing in Jared out, or throwing Jared out on the bench. That kid, I love Jared Allen. Unbelievable player. Probably the most underused player in the NBA right now. Underrated. And they're throwing DeAndre in instead of him now just to make everybody happy. That's the whole goal is to make everybody happy. Yeah, but, but that, so, and, and that gets into my point about players running basketball operations. Showing that shows me that you don't know what the hell you, you're talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's an organization thing. Like, yeah. look at in Cleveland, well, they kind of they ran it. They, they ran Vlad out. That organization, what's Cleveland without LeBron James? You know, and in Brooklyn, Brooklyn ten years or in the past decade, what are they known for? They're known for making the worst trade in NBA history, trading away their draft picks for the next eight years or whatever it was uh, to Boston. So Brooklyn was a desperate franchise that need that needs these players. So that's that's they're gonna the players are gonna continue 
Now, what I do also want to talk to you about is the Spike Lee incident, right? So you have Spike Lee and James Dolan duking it out. And and funny, I don't know the words to say. Some people call it funny, sad, disappointing, trivial. Uh, James Dolan acting like a child. Spike Lee trying to just get in when they change the employee entrance. uh, People are no longer to go in. uh, Not regular. uh, If you're not an employee, you can't go in that entrance. Spike Lee tried to do that anyway. Spike Lee gets kicked out the guard, apparently. Then Spike Lee goes on first take and kind of goes scorched earth on Dolan on first take with with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. So, (laughs) what's your whole opinion of the matter? Do you think James Dolan should sell the team? That's true. We were just talking about it. It's it's one of the five most profitable uh, profitable sports franchises in the north and the four major North American team sports, uh, right? With hockey, uh, basketball, football, baseball, it's top five, easy, uh, probably top three actually. And here's the thing: he's making so much money, he he probably will never sell the team. And economically, it probably makes no sense for him to sell the team, especially considering he makes money and they lose. Like you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> in James Dolan's world, and he can deal with the hate, obviously, because everybody hates him, and he, he he finds a way to live with it. So here's the question: He's out there. He's out there dropping albums with his little band. Yeah. He don't care. Yeah. So how can Adam Silver remove him? Because I think that's where we're gonna be heading. The way I look at, I mean, if you're Silver, you gotta look at the fact that this is a profitable market, and. It's kind of like the, uh, it's disgraceful almost. The fact that they've been this bad for this long, and there's only, I mean, everybody, it's obvious whose fault it is. Now, I don't know what implications that, that Silver can put on him, or if he can lead him into selling the team. I just, I don't know uh, the, the laws or whatever the hell that he can implement to get uh, Dolan to sell the team. I wish he could, but I just don't know if there's anything he can do. Maybe if they do something about this tanking situation, there's been a bunch of different bulls and stuff that they've, they've talked about. But the only thing I can see Silver being able to do is maybe getting uh, a way to to embrace New York and, and just try to make that harder and make it a harder city to tank in because it, the, the tanking situation is just horrible in the league in general um since the whole trust the process stuff it's a copycat league 
but I, I just don't know if Silver has the power to do it. I mean, I mean, think about something like Donald Sterling. He was an absolutely horrible owner for the Clippers. Horrible. He was horrible for years. It, it, it took something extreme to get him out to sell that team. So if it's something like that, I, I just don't see Joe Dolan slipping up uh, like that and, and allowing them to be able to be like, all right, hey, you have to sell a team because that's, that's you just can't be saying that stuff. Chase, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem, man. No problem. That's fun. And coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to explain to you all the real reason why the media can't go into locker rooms anymore. And it's not because of the coronavirus. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. And once again, I want to thank Chase Young Walter for coming on the show. Really appreciate him coming on. Really interesting guy. Really funny. Really enjoyed having him. Uh, you should have seen the stuff he's talking about with Cronky from the, from the Rams <laughs> off air. I had, you know, I was almost like, if we just talked about this during parts of the podcast, it would have been hilarious. Cronky is not well-received in the St. Louis, Missouri area. I will leave it at that, and I will say that the nicest way. Now, here's what I want to say. You see, I was thinking, since it seems the world has gone crazy and it's gone into pandemonium, right? I was thinking, well, what can we talk about? So here's what I was thinking. If this ever turns into a zombie apocalypse, yes, we have humans turns into man-eaters, Biting people, infecting more humans, turning into more man-eaters. Which athletes would you want to be with when the zombie apocalypse happens? Because you know what? So much pandemonium, so much craziness has gone over over this coronavirus that does not kill people that are healthy and not elderly or have no pre-existing health issues, right? But let's go. Let's go with the fact that the, the coronavirus is the disease that will end the human race. This is the apocalypse. The time has come. The rapture is going to happen. So let's say zombies, man-eaters, right? Which athletes do I want to be with? First of all, I got to be with Tom Brady. You want to know why? You know how healthy Tom Brady eats? Tom Brady's going to have healthy food for days. And you want to know what? If you're hiding from zombies, you're going to need to be pliable. You're going to need to be flexible. You're not going to be need to be super big and super strong because you can't fight off zombies. And we're going to have guns regardless, right? I mean, I would hope. The Brady asshole has to have some ammunition. So we're going to be smaller, more pliable, and more healthy. So we have more energy to outlast the zombies when they die, when everybody else gets eaten. Who else would I want? With me? Or whose house would I go to? Well, first of all, I'd have to go to Carl Malone's because Carl Malone hunts. 
And Carl Malone has a lot of ammunition. Like I said, we're going to need some ammunition. We definitely are going to need some ammunition. We're going to need AKs. We're going to need ARs. We're going to need grenades. And I know Carl Malone hunts, so I at least know he probably has an AR. So I'm definitely going to be over Carl Malone's house. I'm going to need a guy like Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack with me. Both of those are two big, strong, freaking men. They're going to be my bodyguard. They're going to be the ones fighting the zombies while I get away. So, of course, I'm going to be with Aaron and Khalil because they're going to have to help a brother out. Now, who else? Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade sacrificed everything. After 2011, LeBron choked in Miami to make LeBron's team. One of the most selfless superstars ever. I know if it comes down to it, the zombies are getting us. Dwayne's going to be like, I'll sacrifice myself, Daryl. You get away. You have a life to live. As a young broadcaster, you have a life to live. I know Dwayne Wade's going to do that. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you whose house I definitely wouldn't go over. I wouldn't go over Michael Jordan's house because Michael would be like, D, Daryl, uh, I got more to live for than you. And I'm a billionaire. Uh, how about you go hang out with the zombies? But those are a couple athletes that I would hang out with when the zombie apocalypse inevitably comes around. And it will be the end of the world for you and me and all of us. Jokingly, of course. Now, something really interesting happened for WEEI. And for all of you who don't know, it's a New England-based, Boston-based radio station, sports station, Un unfamously known for uh, one of the hosts calling Tom Brady's little girl a pissant, and Tom Brady came on air and kind of took him to task, for lack of a better term. I believe Belichick and Brady, they have weekly appearances or whatever. And here's something the host said. I, I found this on the big lead. And this, folks, is the real reason... Why the NBA, the MLB, soccer, and hockey have decided to no longer let media members in the locker room after games. Here's the reason. It's because of what this guy from WEEI said. Listen. And WEI.com reports out of the NBA say that a memo has been sent to teams that they should begin to prepare to play games without fans in the arenas due to the coronavirus concerns. LeBron James last night telling the media, if that happens, he ain't playing. That's a douche move from a douchey kind of guy. In other NBA news, the Nets and coach Kenny Atkinson, quote unquote, mutually decided to part ways. Uh, more douchey behavior from Kyrie Irving, I'm sure, led to Kenny Atkinson losing his job despite the fact that the Nets are the seventh seed with no Kyrie and no Durant. My name is Patrick Gilroy. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Hey, it turns out the coronavirus isn't the big deal. It's the fact that we have people in the media, sports broadcasters, calling NBA star players. And I just talked about earlier in the podcast how much power Kyrie Irving has. He got this freaking head coach fired. You don't think he can keep this dude from, from getting in the locker room? Really? The coronavirus is an excuse. This is the excuse the players have always wanted. The players have never wanted the media in the locker room because of stuff like that. That's what I'm convinced of. The coronavirus? You think you think you think LeBron James? LeBron James is 6'9, 270 pounds, chiseled, chiseled as a brick house. He's a jacked man. You think he's scared of the coronavirus? Kyrie Irving doesn't know better. He thinks the earth is flat. Kyrie Irving doesn't care about the coronavirus. 
KD's rehabbing. He don't. He, he's not. He's minding his own business. Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a personality. Kawhi Leonard's like, I'm not worried. It's because people in the media say stupid stuff like that, and they're using the coronavirus as an excuse. I'm convinced of it, folks. We're going to find out 10 years from now, ESPN 30 for 30, the real reason why the media was not allowed in the locker room during the fake coronavirus pandemonium. Jokingly, of course, I'm just messing around. Once again, I want to thank Chase Young Walter, co-host of the Pointless Sports Opinions podcast. Uh, I don't have their Twitter and their Instagram offhand, but I know they have it. Uh, also, they're on Spotify, their iTunes. They're all, all they're on all the stuff I am. Uh, I have them myself on Google Podcasts. So if you guys want to check that out, check out PSO Sports Podcast. Really interesting guys. Love talking about sports. Really smart guys. Enjoyed having Chase on the show. And you want to know what? I guarantee you, Chase does not have corona. That's all I got to say. But everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode, the 136th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Girl, I must I said something strange